The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Cop with Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-double-G. And with me tonight, I have the man behind the sound effects. That's Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, everybody. I'm back. And we also have at... PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Yay! You say I wondered if the screaming ladies were going to show up or not. Ha! <laughs> I was waiting for just the crickets to go off. <laughs> do we have a cricket sound effect? Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, just wait till I start talking about comics. Oh, I get there's a there's a louder cricket there somewhere around too. And maybe Roddy Cat will join us later. We. Hopefully, we'll see him and hear his thoughts on some comics yep. for the week. But for now, make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles, Comic Book News, and Reviews. On the homepage, there's links to our social media accounts. Go to, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+. And while you're doing that, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, all the places you can listen to your favorite podcast, and while you're on these different sites, make sure to give us five-star reviews or give us a thumbs up. Recommend us to your audience or to your network. Help us expand our audience. We are part of the Coast Little Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And while you're on the site, make sure to buy some Copper Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. So, for this fifth week of the month of May, that just ended. Sort of a slow week, but yet still a couple of important titles out, including what we're going to kick off the show with, Secret Empire number three. Ooh. Right there. <laughs> we see Captain Marvel and, I guess, Nova and Groot find the space alien Chitari. So we were talking before the show, and I know myself and Doug both read this about two weeks ago, so it's kind of hard to remember what happened when, uh, from the being it two weeks ago to now, but seeing the Chitari wave on the cover makes me remember that we spent a couple, the heroes stuck outside the planetary shield and sort of the, sort of the, stranded, desperate uh, state that they're in as they're trying to keep fighting the good fight while also trying to get back to Earth. And actually, the issue I believe kicked off with uh, following the cliffhanger from issue two where we saw uh, another Steve Rogers save a woman from being attacked. So, Or save her for at least a little while. Right. So there was that. Right. Then there was some moments with Cap, Hydra Cap, and uh, talking to his cabinet, his Hydra secret new council of Hydra. I think we also saw Sam Wilson helping the resistance. Oh, and also, I think, now that I think, think back, wasn't uh, one of Nick Spencer's favorite characters also in this? Um, Boomerang? Oh, yeah. Yep, he is. And then, uh, some type of like nightclub. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, basically. A lot of this issue is us catching up with um, lots of the players in the Marvel U who are not uh, trapped. You know, anyone who's not trapped, that's who we sort of catch up with. Among them, um, Boomerang, who is uh, uh, dealing with, who's kind of set up a little fiefdom um, in Jersey, 
now that a lot of the uh, the big bads have uh, you know were trapped in New York. So uh, you know we catch up with them, and uh, you know we catch up with various cells of the resistance and various forms that the resistance takes. So um, that's what a lot of this issue uh, revolves around. And I'll be honest with you, even though we've had this to read for a couple of weeks, I never got around to reading it. I've just lost so much interest in Secret Empire. Uh, we got uh, a copy of Secret Empire 3 and the, what's the other one, Uprising that came out. We got yes. those back before even number two came out. Uh, we got these, and I honestly just never read them. I just, I've lost all interest in Secret Empire. It's just one of those events that feels kind of cookie cutter like so many other events that marvel has done um i I just i don't know i'm sure it's one of those things where eventually they'll after the final issue comes out you know i'll sit down and read the entire thing to get through it but i I just really have no no excitement for this really no interest it's just kind of one of those like meh i I know it's not going to matter it's you know it's uh whatever happens is going to be undone or it's going to undo what's happened in the last year, you know, right. in the Marvel Universe, whatever. Right. So it's just one of those where it's like, yeah, whatever. Just I definitely on. admit, I definitely admit to not being overly enthusiastic about this. And you know, I, I'm not the. I, I have to admit, I'm not the biggest fan of Andrea Sorrentino's art sometimes. And I think that, you know, in a book like this, where there's just so many characters and so many locales and so many settings. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It just seems on the muddy side sometimes. And it takes me right out of the story, and I'm just sort of slogging my way through. Um, but I can say that about the story in general, is that I'm just sort of trying to stick with it and slogging my way through. It definitely has its ups and downs. Like, an up for me was the appearance of, you know, like the the uh, the, the hopefully, uh, uh, you know, real Steve Rogers. But then, you know, we have so many more... Um, uh, so many more revelations in this issue um, that are kind of disappointing, and it's kind of like, oh, seriously? And I'll just ring the spoiler bell another time for the reveal on the last page, which is kind of a cliffhanger. And you can sort of understand how this particular character can throw in with uh, Hydra, but at the same time, it's still disappointing. Yeah. You know, and I think, and I think that's what that, that's what's kind of made this more of a drag to me is that I, I definitely see where you guys are coming from. Where there's a lot of you know we've been through a lot of these um, alternate reality uh, series now. You know, forget even what ifs, but like Age of Apocalypse and you know and and, and this that another thing where House of M. Right, where, you know, something changes and then every single character's role in the Marvel Universe changes. And it's just about plugging and playing into that particular reality. And that's where we are in this setting. And I understand where you guys are coming from on that. And that might be a good lead into the other Secret Empire book out this week. Secret Empire Uprising. Sure. So here we have, this actually kind of, piggybacks off of Secret Empire number two. Yeah, it definitely dovetails in. Where Black Widow has made it her new mission to assassinate Hydra Cap. And when she leaves the resistance, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man stops her. And he, along with uh, the champ, his teammates on the champions, and then some extra recruits in Ironheart, Nadia Pym, Wasp, and the new Falcon join and so instead of training them, she she prepares them to be spies by infiltrating a Hydra youth choir, and they're taking they're doing uh, tryouts for the youth choir, and they're trying to get down to I think like forty kids, and once they do, they'll perform in front of Captain America himself. So what better way to take him out than getting next to him, and then having him not suspect that a kid in this choir, you know, would do the deed. So at least that's her plan. And of course, plans go go south rather quickly. But the main thing, I think the main takeaway from Secret Empire Uprising is the champions, this, more than likely, this will fundamentally change the champions once Secret Empire ends because they formed after Civil War II because they weren't happy with the way the adults were acting in the room, so to speak. Right. And now here they are teaming up with uh, an adult that wants them to possibly commit murder if given the chance. You know, how cool, like, obviously they're not cool with that, but yet they're still working with her just because things are so so bad. 
Right. So that's the kind of sort of moral dilemma taking place in the in the miniseries. Right. They have to go through something called what was it? Ethical adjustment. Yes. And I thought that was pretty that was pretty telling. Um, I I actually like this issue because it it dealt most mostly with the champions and you know their reaction to uh, this direction that their uh, that their team was taking. Um, you know, it definitely felt like um, uh, uh, you know this is uh, the Hydra Hydra America version of the Hitler Youth. So you know that's obviously where this is uh, you know drawing its inspiration from. You know, with the choir and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, you could see the, the, the real world parallels there, but, um, you know, otherwise this was an interesting, you know, this was an interesting story simply because it, it followed, uh, characters that we've become familiar with through the champions, uh, series, including the freelancers. Oh yeah, they do. You know, here. Right. they do appear in this and they actually act sem. you know, they act within character, but at the same time add uh, a definite twist to the story. So, you know, I give, um, sorry, is this Fencer also? No, this is the. This is whoever Landry and Kassara are. Yeah, Landry. Yeah, Tom Landry. No, it's Derek Landy, like Pamela Landy from The Born Identity. Um, Derek Landy and uh, no, that's, that's it. That's one writer, Derek Landy. Joshua Kassara on art. Yeah, so I got to give Landy a little bit of credit here for giving uh, the freelancers a little bit of depth there and adding uh, another perspective to the story. So, you know, it wasn't the worst uh, tie-in issue, to be honest. And like I was saying earlier, it does dovetail right into uh, a Secret Empire 2 and 3. Yep. So those are the two Secret Empire books for the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. You're probably right. Dirt, you're probably right. <laughs> no, in that, you know, in that, you're probably going to appreciate this more as a collected edition, just reading it all the way through, and just saying, "Oh, okay, this is what happens. This is what's going to change. This is how it's going to change things." In some ways, it feels like when there's a big movie out and everyone's like, "Oh, you got to see that movie," and the movie just really doesn't interest you very much, but everyone's like, "You got to watch it. You got to watch it." So eventually, at some point down the road you'll rent it or it'll be on TV and so you'll sit and watch it and when it's done you're like alright well that's what that was and that's why everybody thought it was a big deal and you move on and the mm-hmm. time has passed and you know there's not that great expectation that you gotta love it and that's probably what'll end up happening and it's a, you know at some point down the line I'll I'll read it and it'll be over and everybody will have moved on to something else so I'll just read it so I know what happens and you know that'll be it just to, just to see what it was and I don't know, man. I mean, just just very quickly before we move on to our next book. I mean, the last big Marvel event that I think the entire panel was excited about was probably Infinity, and it's been a while since Infinity. So, you know, we, you know, it, it's the, you know, it's. It, I definitely understand the uh, uh, the concept and the idea of uh, event fatigue at this point now. Well, and I think even like Infinity, I didn't really care that much about. Like Thanos, I've never really you know cared that much for him as a villain or as a character, or whatever. But I think the 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 thing that excited me was it was different. Like right. it felt like it was different. It wasn't the same group of people. It wasn't the same location. It wasn't the same fight. You know that you always get. It wasn't the same cookie cutter story outline that I feel like a lot of these are. So, eh, you know, it's whatever. Here's what it is. All right, what next? What are we moving on to? Should we do the Lazarus contract finale? Uh, let's see, what was that in Teen Titans special? There it is. I thought it was an annual, but it's a special. Yeah, it was not a big week for DC. Yep, fifth week's equal annual weeks. <laughs> <laughs> annual specials and late issues of Flash. Okay. So, I read this before the show, last thing I read. And... I guess it was all right. The big take for me, the big takeaway in uh, the last contract is how it, fun- it changed a couple characters, status quos. So Deathstroke siphon Kid Flash's speed using his icon suit or something, whatever they call it. So he could go back in time and save his son, Grant, who died fighting the original Teen Titans or Titans, whatever they were called back at that point when he was working, when Grant was working with Tive and got like a power boost that ended up killing him. So he, though he's sort of an anti-hero, he had at least good intentions of why he stole Kid Flash's powers and why he was trying to change time. 
though you're not supposed to change time. So right. it's also marked the Titans and Teen Titans meme for the first time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Jericho, another son of Deathstroke's, helped the Titans. They didn't really even defeat Deathstroke because all they did was go back in time themselves, changed an event which caused a backlash through time, which took the speed powers away from Deathstroke. But then he, he used his since he had already tapped into the speed force, he just used his suit to go back into the speed force. But once you go into the speed force, you get trapped in the speed force and the Titans and Teen Titans didn't want to leave him trapped in the speed force. So they, uh, sort of mind linked with adults, white Wally West using Raven and Omen's powers. And they sent, uh, flash and Jericho, I guess into the into the speed force to pull Deathstroke out. Deathstroke was mad, but he being being in the speed force, he saw so many different things and got a different viewpoint on the world because you know the speed force is this magical place that he decided to hang up being Deathstroke. So that's where I guess Epilogue One started. Epilogue Two dealt with Robin being mad at how foolishly Kid Flash trusted Deathstroke which allowed Deathstroke to steal Kid Flash's powers. So Robin kicked, kicked Kid Flash off of the Teen Titans. And then Epilogue 3 dealt with the Titans, and the one event that ended up changing uh, the past that sent the Ripple effect into the present was Robin doing a karate move to Wally West, White Wally West's chest, which stopped his heart for a couple moments, which is what ended up taking Deathstroke's speed force powers away, but then it also ended up causing him to have a pacemaker once he got back to the present, and he can't overstress himself, so now it looks like he might not be able to be the Flash anymore. So I felt like I said a lot of things, and a lot of things happened, but as for the like, series, just felt weird to me. Wait, so wait, which, which huh? Flash won't be able to be the Flash anymore? Uh, Pre-52 Wally West. Huh. So yeah, so but that's like an old trope. If you remember, like we're talking like pre-crisis, uh, Wally West, where he always had uh, health issues with with uh, tapping into his speed. Really? Yeah, that's definitely an old uh, story point for uh, Wally West. So, so in the epilogue, Wally and the Titans are at a doctor. Doctor, they call him Doctor Villain, but his name is like Will Lon or something like that. I don't know if he's supposed to be some doctor from DC Comics history or whatnot. But anyway, he mentions a Wally's pacemaker, and they're like, Wally never had a pacemaker, but since Robin did the karate ch- ch- chop or the karate move to Wally's chest, that ended up making it seem like he was dead, but it just stopped his heart for a couple moments. I guess it messed his heart up, so now he has a pacemaker. So that story will be continued in Titans. Teen Titans will pick up where Kid Flash was kicked out of the team, and then Deathstroke will pick up with him ditching the Deathstroke moniker, but as we've seen in Solicits, he'll form his own team of Teen Titans, which explains why Kid Flash is a member of that team, as seen on the, I think maybe next issue of Deathstroke's cover. So, like, the end result is kind of cool and interesting, but, like, it was, I don't know, the Titans, I guess maybe since I don't have that much familiarity with the Titans and Teen Titans DC history like it seems weird just like seeing this these iterations of these characters like meeting for the first time mm-hmm. just set felt off I mean I've, I've flipped through this I'm not the person to speak to about this book because I literally just flipped through it just to see what was going on I know you guys have been reading this and kind of had some good things to say about it but um, I too was kind of confused to see confused seeing uh you know the the different versions. I know there's a time travel element to the story, so um, I'll have to kind of re- uh, uh, backtrack and see how it all fits together. But um, you know, I definitely I definitely see how this is setting up uh, the future of Deathstroke because of uh, you know him you know pulling uh, a Peter Parker basically and hanging it up. Yeah, basically. So you know, just, short is... of, just short of putting his uh, costume in a trash can, right? That's, he almost that's basically like the final scene was like him walking away with his like uniform or mask, his helmet on the ground. Right. Hmm. Okay. Did it feel? I guess maybe uh, here's the question: Did it feel when they when they met up 
you said it was it felt weird and seemed kind of off. Was it because it didn't seem like that big of a deal? Like, did they not make as big a deal out of it? It was just like, hey, here's our story. Hey, here we go. Now we know each other. Hey, let's move on. Kind of. And also, you know, they did the re- the requisite, you know, these team members will, are going to butt heads because they're meeting for the first time and, and sort of that uh, typical thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, like if you, if you didn't read it, I feel like you didn't really miss much. So... Gotcha. Only unless you were reading those three books may you have interest in the crossover. Gotcha. All righty. All right. Let's see. What else do you have? Anything that's really pressing to speak about? Let's talk about uh, Moon Knight. Let's talk about Moon Knight. The final issue of Moon Knight. I know. Very disappointing for uh, those of us who are fans of this Lemire run. Well... It's it is and it isn't. Uh, I was actually talking with someone on Facebook a couple days ago about this, and it's. I'm happy that at least it's ending without some other random writer coming in and doing some other, you know, trying to follow up with some storyline that's you know, a brand new chapter, and it's like nothing ever happened, and right. you know, uh, opens with him going to the store and buying a loaf of bread. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad that that it's. Like, this is the end of the story, so this is going to be the end of the run, um, and they're not, you know, doing anything with it. So, uh, it is it is bittersweet um, that it's ending, but it was a great ending. It's an ending that was perfect, along with everything that's been leading up to. There have been times where the story took a turn, and you thought it was going in a completely different direction, and then it kind of circled around and came back, and right. um, stuff that seemed random and out of place had a spot where it fit in and it made sense. Um, some of the stuff in the last couple issues that didn't seem to, you, you know, you're just sitting there wondering like, how is this ever going to fit in? And it it's definitely fit in, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely made sense that he went there and did that stuff. So um, it's, it's really a, a I don't want to say it's a redefinition of the character because I think that's the wrong term to use. But mm-hmm. it's, it's someone who's been a fan of Moon Knight for a while. The idea that you have, all these different versions of Moon Knight, all these different personalities, all these different alter egos um, over the years. And this does that, that Jeff Johns trick where it finds a way to make all those pieces fit together into one mm-hmm. and things that, that just seem like they shouldn't be there. You know, you'd say, Oh, that was something that happened in the seventies. So we'll forget all about that and act like that never happened. And instead he finds a way to fold it in and make it work with all the rest of the, the history of the character. So uh, it's, it's a brilliant run. Um, there were many people that thought uh, no one would ever be able to top the last series. Um, was it Warren Ellis that was doing that one? I think yeah. so. Yeah. He, started, he started it, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, you know, people thought, oh, he'll never be able to touch that and top that. I think he did. I think this, this from Jeff Lemire was brilliant. Uh, the, the artwork, um, Smallwood did most of it, but we had you know, other artists jump in for some of those different segments right. that were set in different time periods and alternate universes and whatever. Um, and it made for the whole package is just fantastic. There's just, I don't think you can be a comic fan and, and read this and be disappointed. Uh, and if you are, I don't know who you are. You must be <laughs> someone who collects Rob Liefeld stuff. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Man. But uh, this is, I mean, this is, I think, as, uh, like I said, it's a lot like what Jeff Johns does. And I love when Jeff Johns does all that stuff on the DC side. And that's what Lemire uh, has done here. And the work that he's done on Moon Knight mirrors, in a lot of ways, the work he's doing on Old Man Logan, which we also got the final issue of. Uh, his run on that uh, this week. Um, and, right. and it was really, as I thought about the two of them, it was really kind of tough. Like, which one am I going to go with, you know, one more than the other? But this being the the end of the series and the cap on what he's done with, you know, reinventing this character, reworking the character, reinvigorating the character, uh, just made this the book that you've, you've got to read. Um, you know, I think reinvigorating is, is the right, is definitely the right, one of the, the better descriptions of the series because, and I agree that, you know, this is, uh, I think this is the examination that the character really needed because uh, he's always been a very surface character for a lot of people because of the look right. and because of how he had been treated. And let's be honest, you know, and, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but you know, sometimes it might, you know, it might deserve like a, like a, a, honestly a, an article on the the click nation.com. Not that I'm uh, volunteering to write this, <laughs> but you know, 
it, it you know it has to deal with at least a at least a, a more than surface examination of the character's mental illness, and you know it you know without being a pop psychologist or or or, or sitting down at the uh, you know at the uh, the the, the what you call it the therapist chair, that's where a lot of this issue comes from. This this series comes from. It's an examination of the character and how his you know his his fragile psyche is is, is sort of you know uh, reconstituted and he just sort of deals with. You know his permanent, you know, uh, mental disease going forward, and you know it, it's still a comic book. It's not meant to, you know, completely uh, uh, wrap itself around the idea of uh, coping with mental illness and moving forward. But at the same time, it's at least the examination that character deserved and needed, so that we can, you know, uh, you know, establish that this character is not just a shiny suit, you know, running around who's kind of crazy, uh, following the will of Conchu. And I think in many ways, the way people saw the Vision story from Tom King, right? Um, the way that, that it dealt with Vision and made him into something he wasn't before with that storyline, that's what this did with Moon Knight. I agree. Um, I agree. So if anybody who, who read Vision and you loved Vision and you said Vision is a book that everybody needs to read, well, that was 2016, 2017 is Moon Knight. Exactly. Um, you you, you got it. You just you have to read it. This is going to be required comics 101. Um, it's just fantastic stuff. It was one of those things. Yeah, it was one of those things because it, it lasted longer than Vision. We found ourselves, you know, kind of, you know, like you were saying earlier, kind of running into um, maybe mental roadblocks, you know, getting to, to issues where it's like, well, how is this connected? Am I going to stick with this? Right. But it, it was worth it in the end. It was worth it to stick through because, like I said, the, it was worth examining this, you know, examining in depth this aspect of the character because it was necessary. Because you know everyone, like I, you know the the running joke is that this is just the the moon cult, you know the, the shiny version of Batman. So right. and it's not because there's so much more to the character, and it just needed that kind of depth, that kind of limited series where you you, you there was a, a, a an in depth examination of the character, his motivations, and even his you know his his, his thought process and his and his and his mental state. Yeah, and I was going to say even some of the issues of the mental illness. Um, it it there were times he almost did this Twin Peaks type thing where he showed you Moon Knight as a child, right? And showed you Moon Knight uh, that Stephen Lang or you know whatever name he's using, um, it showed Grant. that he, Stephen Grant, yeah, whatever uh, that that he had issues, but you're never quite sure is this really are we seeing the past or is this his memory of what happened and the the problems that he's had later in life affecting the way he remembers you know things happening in the past part of his life and th- i think that's also a very interesting part of the storytelling that's gone into definitely it. so um so definitely thumbs up this is actually my click of the week nice it's definitely a candidate for mine but i've, I've got another one what did roddy cat think about that now that he's joined us oh he's still muted oh, hi. there he is <laughs> <laughs> Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> um, I had not read Moon Knight, so I will take your word for it until I do actually read it. I didn't know this was the last issue, though. Yeah, last issue in the arc. Well, I mean, this is the last of the series. This is the last yeah, of the right. series over. Yeah. So, like, yeah, unlike Old Man Logan, Old Man Logan is ending the Lemire's run, but it's going to continue on with different writer. He also had Thanos uh, Seven out today or this week, I think. Was that Lemire also? Wait, yep. yep. Oh, that is Lemire. Man, Wait. now I may have to go back and read this. Isn't he doing Doctor Strange? Or oh, who's doing Doctor Strange? It wasn't. It's not Lemire. Hopeless. Hopeless. Thing. It's hopeless. Because I think that just started, which I still hadn't read this week. But anyway. That started even though it hasn't ended. The Jason Aaron, Chris Buckler run hasn't ended. What do you mean? I thought it ended at 20. Right. 20 comes out next week. Wait, 20 comes out. Yeah, they did a flip flop because of the production issues or deadlines or whatever. I was wondering, okay, so that explains why I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> messed us I was about to say, it was like, wait, well, how am I getting 21 before I got 20? That was weird. Okay, sweet. So, what's up, everybody, and what have y'all done so far? The Secret Empire books and Teen Titans special. Okay. And Moon Knight 14, that's it. And Moon Knight, yeah, I caught, yeah, I did. So, okay, so when I came in, you were doing Teen Titans. Okay. Um,. I really don't have much more to say about that except for the fact that that was a all three of those um, little epilogues were really strange endings because it seemed like because it was like it was like well they were they were building this up and building this up and then okay I Slade went into the Speed Force and then all right I quit <laughs> and I was yeah like, oh, okay that was weird and then all it did was just change status quo yeah 
So I'm like, wait, is it like that's all it took for him to just go into the speed force and then just have a change of heart? I'm like, that seems not so destructy. But you know, outside of that, you know, and the rest of that after that, the whole the the thing with um, Wally and the pacemaker was also kind of, I guess, makes sense, but it was kind of weird. I'm like, why would why why do that? But I guess there's yeah. something else with that too. So like I said, it was just strange. But outside of that, it's what it is. You have a book you want to recommend next? Um. Weirdly enough, not weirdly enough, uh, I can either go with Cable or Wonder Woman. So I'll, I guess, I go with Wonder Woman since that's just where I came from. Um, and that's Wonder Woman Rebirth Annual Number One, not the other book that came out. Because I think she's got like three or four coming out within the next day or two. But um, so the first story in this one was, I felt like this should have been a Trinity, Trinity album, I mean Annual, which just came out because it was basically her meeting Batman and Superman. And um, and the, I noticed a running theme throughout the the three or four stories in this annual seems to have more to do with the lasso than her because the lasso ends up either translating and or you know correcting things or some kind of you know it's basically Google Translate at that point uh, mm-hmm. for at least a couple of the stories in, the, in this annual. Um, but it was neat. So like I said, it's just like three of our stories. The first one is her meeting Batman and Superman. The second one is her defending King Shark, who got wrongly um, wrongly accused of something. And then the the let's see the last couple was her protecting her sparring with some dude in a village, and then saving the village from said dude. And then oh, which will I'm sure when he sees this, or if he ever chance to get some chance to read it, uh, Matt Wang will enjoy. She uh, Diana ends up fighting a kaiju for a second, but. Then, <laughs> But then defending yeah, where's the gong? Where's the gong? Where's the gong? We don't have a gong yet. But then starts. But then ends up. Uh, we can though. But then she stops fighting the kaiju and ends up, well, one saving it and then taking it and then having a doing something else with it. Um, nothing. So, and actually, that one kind of stands up because it's the, the guys had did uh, Storm Joyride that book. Who does that? I guess that book's still going. Yes. But it's those guys doing that one. So Colin that was uh, Jackson yeah, Lansing, Colin uh, Kelly. Yeah, those guys. So that was cool because it was kind of weird that the Trinity, the they had the Trinity story in her annual, then the Trinity annual. But once you read the Trinity annual, actually, still doesn't make sense because you would think what they put in the Trinity album was something they could have done in the book. Unless anyway. they just want to cement, you know, in one of her books that she's one of the key players of the DC universe. You know, beyond her own lore. Still could have done that with uh, Trinity, though, I think. But that's just me. It worked out. All right. Speaking of Uh, Wonder Woman, thumbs up, thumbs down, real quick. Thumb in the middle. Um, For the movie, thumbs up, actually. Okay. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at at that. Yeah, between now and the next I still have thoughts to, to kind of process about it, but. And the fact that I was in a not great seat in a not great theater that I no- normally don't go to. Was the theater not live? When I say live, I mean like actively uh, enjoying the movie. I mean, there weren't like people hooping and hollering and stuff. It was, it was one, it's a small movie theater. And it's uh, like the one I usually go to is a slightly bigger, is slightly bigger theater. And okay. this one kind of almost you push you in mind of a dollar theater type, type of thing. Understood. But and I was in the wrong seat because, like I said, I was up front. It was crowded, so that was that was good. Okay, but it wasn't like too terribly crowded. But now people were people were there, and there was nobody being active with the crazy or anything. But so, so, yeah, good deal. All right, all right. You want you guys want to move into a couple more books or just get to rapid fire? Uh, might need to rapid fire it. Anything else that I'm going to talk about, I can do quickly. I don't need okay. pretty much do all the rest of mine. Rapid fire time. Okay, I've done my three books. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about as rapid as you can get. He's done. All right, so let me let me let me fly through my list because I've got the longest list. It looks like um, Daveocracy number four is my. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll save it for later, just for a quick discussion. But spoiler alert: it is my click of the week. Uh, Generation X number two was a very disappointing second issue. I was willing to give this series a go after the first issue, no longer after this issue. 
Hulk number six, which follows the stories of Jennifer Walters post uh, trauma in uh, uh, at the hands of Thanos. Um, this story would be actually a decent story if it were three issues shorter. This is Hulk number six. It took six issues to resolve this this opening story arc. It did not need this many issues. It just took too long. Honestly, almost forgot this book was still going. Yeah, it just took too long. This would have been uh, an opening arc, a middle, you know, an opening set, uh, an opening scene, a middle scene, and an end scene. Three issues would have been completely done uh, perfectly. Um, we talked about Moon Knight number 14, Think Tank Animal number 3. This is not a good place to jump on. You have to go back to at least the first or second issue. This is definitely more of a setup issue that sets up um, uh, events to come. Uh, again, the premise is that um, the uh, the scientist who's at the heart of the story has developed uh, uh, technology that now people are appropriating for nefarious means and using them to control animals which are attacking um, political leaders and disrupting the geopolitical uh, realm. So that's that. And finally, and I know that uh, PCN underscore Dirt's not the biggest fan of Robbie Rodriguez's art on Spider-Gwen, but Robbie Rodriguez continues his quirky yet somehow cleaner art. It's somehow gotten cleaner, believe it or not. And I think he's done more to clean it up since he has, I guess, re-engaged with the book because he has, I believe, officially reneged his retirement plans. Um Remember, he was talking about retiring because he was dealing with some sort of with a, with a degenerative uh, vision problem. Right. He may be dealing with it now. He may be using this to pay to deal with it. So um, he's sticking with it. And if you look carefully at the art, it actually looks cleaner. I think where either he's doing more inking or more finishing on it digitally, because I know he does it digitally, but um, the lines are cl- uh, are more closed. The lines are crisper. Um for me, it's actually a runner-up click of the week because it has a great twist on an origin for the Wolverine of this particular Earth, Earth 65. So um, it's actually really, you know, it's actually pretty interesting. It's fun. You know, it's got a lot of spirit. The book is always going to be like that with Latour at the helm. So, um, Dirt, I definitely uh, suggest that you at least try to take a, a closer look at the book and not be so distracted by the art. I think he's actually doing a better job on the art nowadays. Denied. <laughs> Oh. Objection. I don't know. <laughs> hey, there's a there's a sound bite. Anyway. Exactly. I have to find those. Anyway, those are my books of the week. Oh, that was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through your everybody's notes and I'm like, well, Thirst is probably the most uh <laughs> <laughs> I was very sleepy when I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's very succinct there. It was like, okay, yeah. I got, go. a, I got up very early this morning. And, uh, <laughs> so I filled out my notes. It's just like, kind of like whatever. What happens? <laughs> Not a problem. Well, I'll just breeze through mine. I guess since um, since I brought up Trinity earlier, Trinity, annual number one. Um, apparently we have a, well, we have the evil Trinity coming back, but we also have our Trinity dealing with um, a re-emerging hero slash anti-hero, whoever, uh, Etrigan shows up, and they deal with that. And then the, uh, the evil Trinity is kind of behind the scenes watching them do their thing, but kind of ends up helping out a little bit. And in the end, another Trinity, which is already established uh, in another book, ends up being not called into play, but uh, mentioned. So I'm going to assume that that's going to play out some kind of way. And that was pretty much the whole book. Like They used the whole... They didn't do any backups for that one. Did did this tie in at all to the regular series, or was this yeah. pretty much a standalone? So this came after um, issue seven when they introduced the quote unquote evil trinity of uh, uh, Luthor okay. and yeah, Cersei and Razargul, Rayshargul, whichever you, you choose. Okay. Yeah. So this t- takes up directly from that. And then uh, cable number one. I actually ended up liking this one. Um, I wasn't going to pick up this book, but I saw James Robinson was was right then. I said, I'll give this a shot. And it was pretty much Cable being, you know, zipping through time to run away, which I thought time was messed up the way you couldn't do that. But I guess you could still do mainline history or something. I don't know. You can if you're 90s heartthrob Cable. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently so. Apparently so. So he's chasing somebody through time, and apparently that this whoever he's chasing knows he's after him because every time he's hit a, a spot, you know, there's someone waiting to uh, to go after him, and in the end, somebody did spoilers. Um, 
and that's where that began. So I actually, kind of- I, I wasn't planning on reading this either because I expected mm-hmm. it to be more of like sentinels in time hunting mutants or you yeah, know right. whatever and, and i was like man i don't know but uh they actually gave us a preview of this one too um and so i kind of looked through the preview and i was like oh this is actually a time travel story like this is not mutants this is not dogs uh chasing mutants in rainy back alleys on uh islands in the south pacific you know whatever this is a uh, uh, pretty good so i actually I, I read it i enjoyed it uh, i did not get the hip-hop cover though uh, like you did, Roddy, but um, I haven't gotten mine yet. But yeah, I, I was actually I pleasantly surprised. Now it does kind of come across as like a bad sci-fi movie. That was my criticism of it: is that when I read it, I it was that. just kind of basic sci-fi time travel. Like this is like sliders or something on TV. It was kind of more like he was just being it was like, yeah, he's just a badass, just going through town uh, looking for somebody and just you know wrecking shot wherever he goes. Until that last part, like I don't know if uh, this could have very easily not been cable. Uh, right. It could have been, you know, sure. uh, John Dorsey, time traveler from the year twenty two eighty three. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it really didn't need to be cable. But uh, for what it was, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was, I, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would, and uh, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance in future issues that I normally would not be doing with the X books. Um, and I'm not doing with most of the X-Books that are out right now, so uh, this one definitely gets points for at least being something different that catches my interest. All right. True. And then, let me see, you talked about Teen Titans, and we talked about that, and I think my last one is Occupy Avengers 7, which pretty much wraps up the whole uh, Super Scroll comes to this town of refugee scrolls and and, uh, goes on a killing spree. Uh, the team's kind of pinned down and they're, they're trying to figure out the next move, but they get an unexpected but expected help from the uh, new character in the book, uh, uh, Wheels Wachowski or something like that, I can't remember, Walensky, excuse me, that's what it is, who ends up bonding with the, the van they've been driving around in and ends up, it ends up transforming, transforming and he's fighting Super Scroll and wins the fight and then Nick Fury f- comes along and all is well. So that's that. All's well that ends well. All right. So then I've got a couple then. uh, Flash 23. Um, They uh, throw Barry Allen a birthday party, which, of course, is the perfect time for Hal Jordan to come visit and for a villain to attack. Um, It's, it's, you know, pretty much what you would expect in any sort of... uh, Buddy, buddy, superheroes, someone attacks, all your friends are around, whatever. It does, though, I have to give him credit for um, dealing with some of the issues that Flash deals with, with having a secret identity that's not known by a lot of the uh, people in the Rebirth universe. Um, So uh, it did feel a little different than some of the other ones that we've seen. Um, Also, it brought back a uh, villain that you thought was not coming back, which of course you knew was going to come back, and you still don't know how he came back, but he's back. Uh, and so that at least, uh, even though the issue itself, the actual plot of this issue was not you know, any sort of groundbreaking great story, uh, it does lay the foundation for some neat stuff that's going to be coming down the road. Um, and then I think I really only have one more. No Brave and the Bull references? Not, I mean, just they're teaming up, but... Oh, I do have two other books. Two other books. Let me do first uh, Dr. Afra. Did you not read this one, Roddy? I didn't get a chance to. Oh, not yet, anyway. Alright, so anyway. <laughs> I'm you know, when there's a story, it, book, yeah. I assume that Roddy, you know, read it, like, yeah, no, five I, minutes I, I, after I, I to. Actually, I need to go back and, friend, I need to go back and read the Star Wars, because I did not read that, because I know it's part of that same uh, right. crossover thing. Screaming Citadel. So, mm-hmm. um... Basically, just to catch everyone up to speed, Dr. Afro took Luke to meet this woman who's uh, a queen. Um, every, once a year, she wants to meet you know all these random people to try to find someone interesting, and if there's someone interesting, then she grants them a wish. Um, of course, Dr. Afra has this Jedi crystal that she wants the queen to uh, you know, reawaken the Jedi soul that's trapped inside so she can learn all about Jedis and Force powers and whatever from it. So she takes Luke there, and it turns out, we found this out in the 
the end of the first chapter that this queen is uh, actually a vampire of some sort or another. So Luke isn't there to be super interesting because he has force powers. He's there because force powers are yummy, and it'll make this queen uh, much more powerful. So, of course, when everybody else finds out that Dr. Aphra absconded with Luke, she uh, everybody else decides that they've got to go hunt her back down. So we get Santa Solo and Han Solo and Leia and everybody else trying to crash this party and get Luke out of there. So, of course, when you've got people chasing one direction trying to get Luke out of there and people chasing another direction trying to capture Luke and uh, all these crazy you know, shenanigans uh, piled on top of each other. It's just uh, an interesting, fun, uh, not very serious, um, but uh, lots of good banter and character interactions between everybody in it. So um, it's, you know, these Star Wars books aren't breaking new ground or anything. There's only so much they can do with the established characters and the well-known timelines, but uh, at least they're having some fun with it, filling in those gaps. And uh, it's yeah, we have uh, vampires now, Joey. <laughs> but they're space vampires. Yes. So yes, Life Force. If you've seen that movie. Oh god. And Old Man Logan. This was runner-up for Click of the Week. This one was really close, also. Uh, and as you can see by the cover, this is the end of the line. They make reference to the entire run by showing all the covers uh, in the background, which I thought was interesting. Um, even showing the uh, Old Man Logan issues from the original Wolverine run when the storyline started. Um, but this does wrap up Lemire's run. And basically, Lemire, um, he's been dealing with the fact that Wolverine can't move beyond his past. Uh, obviously, he came from uh, Secret Wars, uh, he was from another world. He he got old. He had a family. Family got slaughtered. Wolverine wandered off and somehow survived uh, the re-quickening or whatever of the Marvel Universe. And uh, he, he desperately was trying to get back and uh, right some wrongs and uh, uh, save some of those he left behind. And in doing so, he, he found himself uh, back in his original timeline, back in his world, and uh, has to face... You know whether or not he would return, and whether or not uh, you know he would change things, and what he would change, and what things would do. And in the end, he realizes that going back was not the joy he had hoped for, um, but it did allow him to. Uh, gosh, like I don't want to spoil it, but you know, it's like you got to spoil it to to understand what happens. Just read it. Everybody read Old Man Logan. Read 1 through 24. It's good stuff. It's uh, This is honestly the most interesting Wolverine has been since like they announced the Weapon X stuff originally with Barry Windsor Smith. Um, I, I don't think there's been anything as cool with Wolverine since those days. Um, this is great stuff. Jimmy Hudson stuff? Do what? Not even the Jimmy Hudson stuff? Meh. 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 But, uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, the, one thing, <laughs> the one thing though with this is that uh, it, you can really look at this as being Wolverine's midlife crisis uh, for a guy who's already a couple hundred years old um, going through a midlife crisis at this point in time but it does play out very similarly which I think is why it's so interesting with that character um, so he, there is something you know towards the end that will change the outlook of Wolverine moving forward um, and so I find that to be uh, an interesting way of dealing with the character, so definitely uh, something that you need to check out, and that'll be that'll be that because I don't want to spend forever in a rapid review talking for ten minutes. Hmm. All right, anyone got anything else? No. <laughs> oh, there it was. It's weak. Are we there yet? Right. Well, okay. my click is, is simple. It's Moon Knight. Uh, I mentioned that earlier. Right, and I mentioned my click of the week. This week is actually the last issue of this uh, this volume of Dave. It's a Daveocracy number four. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it definitely does um, have a bit of social commentary on uh, current events. But uh, it does, uh, you know, wrap. Uh, this story up nicely as an hit you right in the feels. Uh, definitely lots of uh, 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 cool family interaction between Dave and his family, and um, you know it's kind of frightening to see the uh, the parallels that uh, um, the, that the creative team draws on from uh, from current events. Well, then I guess I'll go with uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth Annual Number One. I would say specifically for the first one with the Trinity because there was actually uh, some fun banter in that, which I neglected to mention um, earlier. But um, it was it was it was cute. And for mine, 
probably I'll go with Secret Empire Rising number one. All right. Cool. Ed Reed. <laughs> no, I think that's me, isn't it? Yeah, dirty uh, up the Ed Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had that open on a device. I don't know which device I had it on. Okay, give me a second here. Let me find another transition. Not long enough. Do you have a longer transition? Uh, intervention. <laughs> what? I, I like those. Those sound great. Can you play another one? <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. All right, there we go. <clears throat> hey, we'll throw that up on the screen. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, underwear, or your manly goods. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a small payment that helps keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. And if you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN every time you order. We thank you for your support. Nice. All righty. Thanks for covering uh, some of these news stories for tonight. For the cinematic news, Han Solo movie channels Fast and Furious a new leaked speeder racing video. Also, the next Star Wars spinoff will be decided by June. More Star Wars. John Boyega shows off Finn's new blaster. Kind of just looks like a the Silver Stable Black Hat Spider-Man film lands a title, director, and release date. And Jenkins' Thor two pitch with Romeo and, and Juliet in the MCU. And Thor Ragnarok Holt Sakar bedroom is incredible. As <laughs> I guess uh, images of the set piece came up online. We saw Spider-Man Homecoming TV event set to debut new footage. And that's going to be Saturday, June 3rd on the Disney Channel. God, I've stopped watching all trailers for this now. No more, no more. It's too much. Which also happens to be Wonder Woman Day. Which also will happen to be Wonder Woman Day. And if your local shop may or may not be having a little check it out. Including a couple of uh, Wonder Woman-related books that are coming out um, that day, which will also be on Comixology. They're out there now, but you just can't get them. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 officially made more than the first film. No surprise. Logan producer teases more plans for S23 in the future. I finally watched Logan, by the way. It was good. Good. Stranger Things 11 tried out for Logan's S23 and says it's the best audition she's ever had. The X-Men spinoff New Mutants will be a straight-up horror movie. Really? And there's been some casting news with that, which we'll get to. Uh, a Stranger Things star is set or in talks to play Cannonball. Luke Cage season two will explore effects of his public identity. The Defenders will borrow key elements of previous Marvel Netflix series. Ben Jones assures fans that an Iron Fist season two announcement is coming soon. Oh, he should also he should also announce that he's uh, like achieved like a black belt or something and something for God's sake. That's what we'd rather know. Actor, actor from the Punisher reveals poster for the series. And it's not the one that actually... Batman and Harley. Yeah, that's why it's just the actor, not the person's actual name. <laughs> <laughs> Batman and Harley Quinn team up in the first trailer for animated DC film. Okay. Turn, turns out Joss Whedon has been working on Justice League for quite some time. Which I think we might have actually talked about, but I didn't think about it. These Legends of Tomorrow Season 3 lineup is revealed. Wonder Woman director didn't cut a single scene. Chris Pine, says men not, Chris Pine says men are not all that smart. We need Wonder Woman. Speak for yourself, Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> In some cases, he might be right. but yeah. uh, Supergirl's Maggie will return in recurring role, but not as a series regular. John Barrowman announces his exit from the Arrowverse. Hi, Malcolm. Aerostar rallies fans petition for Deathstroke TV series. So this one's slightly misleading because it actually wasn't him. It was more like 
some fan was on Twitter saying, "Hey, I like I like your stuff. This should be a district thing." And he just replied, "Say, hey, if you want a district thing, go talk to the people." <laughs> Gotham's David Mazus explains how the show can cross over with the Arrowverse. <laughs> Hellboy reboot also killed BPRD spinoff film starring Ape Sapien. Frank Miller's Sin City, Sin City to be rebooted as TV series. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. The, the anthology nature of those mm-hmm. books works really good. Uh, depending on where it ends up, does it say what network? Did anybody read that? I don't believe it does. Actually. No network did. Because if that could be like a Netflix thing where they could do eight episodes at a time, you know? I was read the Showtime, though. Either way. For some reason, yeah. As long as it's kind of like a prestige format type TV series, that's fine. Old Forster debuting Statesman Whiskey from Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I'm just going to go ahead and watch that movie because I have no idea. And in comic news, the Marvel's Black Panther Metal. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a little slow on, this, on the sound effect on that one. Comics transition. Mm-hmm. So Marvel's Black Panther Metal Miniature 2017 San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, I guess, was revealed. I will be uh, ordering this soon. Justice League of America number seven teases rebirth reboots for a classic villain and some Justice League international heroes. Secret Empire just released its most politically relevant chapter yet. That's one. That was issue one. Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy episode two under pressure is coming in June. A fascinating graphic novel about the origins of Dungeons and Dragons. Roddy was referring to X-Men Blue drops a new clue to the fate of the ultimate universe. That's the one that you uh, scroll past. Yeah, hence the Jimmy Hudson stuff, because apparently it has to do with that. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. There's a, a roster leak for Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. What? Possible. I mean, yeah. Young uh, young adult writer, author, Rainbow Rowell, signs with Marvel. She's going to write the Runaway series with Chris Enka on art. And then Hero joins Hydra in Secret Empire number three. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. The CBR kind of kind of spoils it if you look at the tab, which is funny. Oh yeah, and I guess it wasn't in news, but Sunspot was casted for New uh, Mutants. We talked about it last week. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, that just came out today. Mm-hmm. No, it came out last week. Okay. Oh look at this. Uh, Rob Laffelt. Huh? Yeah, look at this next one. I'm waiting for you to read it. Rob Laffelt named first inductee to Wizard World Hall of Legends. Wildstorm, a celebration of 25 years. And two, <laughs> sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry to the sound effect all over that one. But I think Wildstorm Lee- just got some uh, friendly fire there. Rob Leefield actually being <laughs> the first inductee to the Wizard World Hall of Fame absolutely deserves. He was given so much. That's all I got to say to that. Yeah, but it's Wizard World. I, I mean, know. That's exactly why. Uh, uh, star for have probably, maybe. That's too funny. I'm sorry about that, Tim. Go on. Uh, there was an exclusive preview of Mike Minola and Christopher Golden's Joe Golem, Occult Detective Number 1. IDW Star Trek, The Next Generation 2017 Free Comp Day book is now on Comicsology. Cool. Boom. All right. Yeah, last night, we did the night. Oh, yep. I've got it. Where to go? <laughs> I, made, I made sure to have him ready here. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash comicbookchronicles. Over 150,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. There are so many great wrestling books, such as The Best in the World, at what? I Have No Idea, by Chris Jericho. The King of New Orleans, How the Junkyard Dog Became Professional Wrestling's First Black Superhero, by Greg Klein. And Wrestling for My Life, The Legend, The Reality, and The Faith of a WWE Superstar, by Shawn Michaels. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash comicbookchronicles. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash comicbookchronicles for your free audiobook. Just real quick, in the toy corner of uh, the Combo Chronicle, I got the Invisible Woman um, Marvel Legends from uh, Walgreens today. It came in, uh, you know, by FedEx. So uh, shout out to Herbie. Yes, it does have Herbie. 
Walgreens. Buy that throw away the Invisible Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Walgreens or Dwayne Reed, people. Yeah, I'm going to have to go by there and get that. Hopefully, they'll have one. Is that 20 bucks? Yep. Follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at CBCron and at DOGG98. Agent 70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Needs. And Doug is at PCN underscore Dirt and go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And go to the comic of the month. Grant, was it a Graham comic reviews? No, it's dead. Oh, it just is not. It's it, no, not worth. I mean, maybe if, if I if I do anything more in the future, you're just going to see photos of me holding the book and being like, <laughs> or like. But if you go to comic of the comic of the month dot club and use referral code dirt, you get what a comic of the month. Yeah, they give you a few bucks off your first month when you sign up. We've talked about Comic of the Month Club here several times on the show. It's fantastic. If you like comics, sign up for it. You're not going to be disappointed because you get to put, pick the types of books that you're going to get in your box, so you'll never be disappointed. And there's always some great gems that they throw in there. Boom. All right. And with that, we'll be back next week. Same Comic Book Chronicles time, same Comic Book Chronicles channel. That channel being YouTube. We are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace!